Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the preseason special 2020. That's right, part two. Pack five time, guys. The season is mm-hmm. two oh. days away. We have to talk about these pack five teams. So, uh, how's it going? Good. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of pack five owners getting antsy of seeing some tweets from uh, some burner accounts. Yeah, clamoring oh. for pods. Yep. The people, the people are are in need. They need to know the pack five is is a. So it's a wild one. I think it's going to be a lot less straightforward than our big yeah. five preview. So that is exciting. Um, yeah. And granted that the big five took us like an hour and a half, more than that even, I think we should just get right into things here. Sounds good. Bucks are playing tonight. Caleb's got his shirt on. Uh-oh. I do. I the deer shirt. <laughs> Rap the deer. No, yeah, it's no problem. And I don't know. I don't even know the score. Feels like <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't planning on watching, but <laughs> sorry for bringing that up. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's dive into web here. Um, so like we did with the Big Five, we are going to start things off with our expansion franchise, the Pack Five's newest addition, newest member, I should say, uh, Riley. So we we all know we all know what's going on with Riley. He's made a lot of moves so far, some big names on this mm-hmm. squad already before he even you know takes the field for his first game. But uh, same thing with Colin here, just dialing it way back uh, to the winter time, coming mm-hmm. out of the expansion draft. What did you guys think about uh, what Riley did there? Expansion draft. Picked up those seconds. Um, I liked that. Also picked up those defensive pieces, which he's now been using to kind of twist around. Um, And even in the late rounds, I still liked what he was doing. He picked up 2.10 with like the 22nd pick, which he used on A.J. Dillon, who I feel like if you did this again would go much higher. Um, Picked up some defensive players that he's now flipped. Matt Breida really late, 18th. Taylor Rapp, 17th. Two guys that he's now flipped for extra picks in the future. So, yeah, I thought he did really well um, focusing on defense early, gets those studs, and then kind of just hoards those picks from then on out. Yeah, I think Riley nailed the expansion draft here. You you take a look at what he got at the top, and they're all young, elite uh, defensive assets. Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan, Fred Warner, Buda Baker. And then he moved on from a few of them to get assets um, on the offensive side, which was a good way to build the team. And he's he's got a nice young receiving core already somehow. Like this team is, I think, already strides above Tim's team, and it's and it's a and it's an expansion team. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think he knocked it out of the park on the expansion draft, and has been slowly using those picks, using those defensive players to get players that he likes on the offensive side, and. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, he, there's obviously an absence of running back that he didn't really do anything with, but if he's not expected, expected to contend, might as well get that young nucleus for receivers and defense, and then probably next draft, try and address it there. Yeah, he's been doing his, he did his homework on the pod squad episodes, because I know we were, I remember us talking about the, the blueprint to how to handle the expansion for a while with yeah. most of web being conservative with saving their 
offensive players and trying to go in and get those defensive studs and then capitalize on the newfound holes that most of the web teams had on the defensive side. So did his homework, pretty much went exactly that route and did it really well. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the moves that he has made since that point, obviously um, some huge names coming in, A.J. Brown, uh, D.J. Chark, um, you know, two bona fide wide receivers right there, and then also added Paris Campbell um, and had a really good draft. Added some, you know, Henry Ruggs in the second round, uh, A.J. Dillon. So a lot of nice young talent and even some bona fide guys that are going to come in and produce certainly still some holes here. I mean, the running backs you're, you're working with, you know, kind of chump change in the running back spots for him. Um, and he's, he's rolling out Haskins. It looks like in, in week one here. So, uh, what do you guys think Riley's season's going to look like? I, I know we kind of wavered between like two and three wins for, for Colin, Mm-hmm. What do you think for Riley here? Maybe you don't have to give me a number yet. We're not quite there, but just what what do you think his season looks like? <sighs> I'm trying to think of how a season would go with having good wide receiver core but not good running backs. I think maybe that takes some maybe some ceiling out of his weekly um potential with not having those big running back weeks that some of the other web teams are going to have with 25 points. I just don't see many of those weeks coming his way. So I, th- I feel like he could be like consistent, maybe enough to snatch up a few wins um, for when teams have off weeks, but I don't picture huge weeks coming out of him. So I think he'll steal a few, though, with that consistency. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not going to be great, but... Maybe later in the season, as some of these rookies start to come into their own, Ruggs, Pittman, uh, maybe guys like Paris Campbell figure it out. Um, maybe later in the season, if they start to produce at a at a really good level, it'll it'll slowly come together. But like the running backs, it's pretty much you know unless Swift gets banged up or Austin Eckler gets hurt, he's kind of he's kind of stuck with what he has. So um, nowhere nowhere to go but up. But uh, this season, it probably won't go great. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, just when you look at the roster, he's so deep on on the wide receivers. You know, the young year one, year two receivers. Um, and I think that's something that's, you know, if, if he feels the need or if an opportunity presents itself, he can go out and try to grab a younger running back who may come available for whatever reason. Uh, he still has some big names on the defensive side. He has traded quite a bit of yeah. his top tier defensive assets. I, I'm kind of honestly surprised by just looking at his his starting lineup right now. How how much of that is is gone from the expansion draft? But I mean, he yeah. he made great moves with those guys. It's just yeah, he's not quite where yeah, Collins it- sitting right now. Yeah, yeah, remember how stacked it was coming out, and it was like, oh my god, this might be the best defense ever. And now yeah. you look at it, it's kind of like, well, it's got yeah. some pieces, but I think yeah, I, I mean, think Collins' defense looks better play. right now. But I agree. Yeah. So this is this is the kind of team where you know, like Collins, picking a web factor for this roster is maybe you can go a lot of directions with it. So let's start with, let's start with Frazier on this. Give me a web factor for Riley's inaugural season. 
All right. Let's see what we got here. Kiss kill making. Did I just see a web move come in? Oh. My notification what? during the pod. <laughs> making free agent Sorry. moves. I, well, no, I had to. I wanted to make my lineup look better, so Kenny Galladay's been on my IR for a while. Ah. COVID, and I was like, I really should get him. There to make it look better. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, EQ. Uh, end of the road. Rip. Sad uh, on the pod. Heard here first. All right. I for for Riley's web factor. I'm gonna go with a low key move that he made just a few weeks ago, where he picked up Kirion Johnson, a guy who at this time last year was like a a young stud running back that a lot of people wanted and a lot of people were excited about, and he got hurt again. And then I think he always tries to play through his injuries. Didn't go well. They bring in Swift. Um, his value just plummets. Uh, Riley picks him up. And you know what? I still think there's value potentially here. I think they're going to start out with at least a split. And if Kirion can stay healthy and be and in the lines, uh, offense can support two running backs, I think this could be a nice little pickup. Um, to solve kind of the running back issues that we've been talking about, at least to start, not solve them. It still would be pretty bad, even if Kirion was good. But that's the start of a nice, well-rounded offense if Kirion can be even a little bit of what people thought he was going to be uh, like a year year ago. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dwayne Haskins. The uh, quarterback position, I don't know, does he even have a backup on the roster? No. It doesn't look like it. So it's pretty much all eggs in on all eggs in the basket on Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> and it doesn't seem great right now. Didn't have a very good last season. The team doesn't still have still doesn't really have a name. Um, but you know, what he's a early first round pick. We sh- there were some flashes. Pretty much, this is just going to be a trial run. Maybe see if Haskins could be the guy for this team moving forward. I, it's still kind of a rough situation he's in, um, but if with the quarterback scoring boosts and you know not having a backup quarterback, there's going to be a lot relying on Dwayne Haskins to hold down the fort. And uh, if, if he can pay it off this season, it'd be really nice to see if he, he get um, some strides in that Redskins offense. If Haskins can slowly put it together, maybe this is a guy you can rely on moving forward. If we go into Superflex, they're just Stick with the boost. Yeah, and I'm going to turn to his draft night because I think he had a really good draft night. Um, I know Michael Pittman was a favorite of his, and and he went up to grab him, um, so secured that. But but my web factor for this team is going to be Henry Ruggs because uh, it was – it was shocking to see rugs fall as far as he did. Even, even with, you know, we had kind of predicted on the podcast that maybe rugs was going to fall, um, maybe going to fall to the second. But I think when you saw it happening, it was, it was more shocking than I expected because there weren't really even people that were, it, it didn't seem like there were people that were even trying to move up to grab him even when he got mm-hmm. to that second round. So I think there's a lot of doubters of Henry Ruggs and his fantasy uh, outlook uh, in, in Las Vegas. But I think 
maybe the scale has tipped a little bit too far to the other direction. I think now he's he's being very underrated. And if you know, if they can use him in the way that their division rival uses a similar type of a player and Derek Carr maybe finds some magic with this cast of guys that he has now, he's got plenty of weapons there. Maybe Henry Ruggs looks like the steal of this draft um, by the end of the season. So I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with rugs and uh, I'm Riley side note. I am hoping that that happens because I still love him. <laughs> I remember a point that wasn't that far out from the beginning of the draft where I was trying to convince you that rugs is going to fall to you at eight. And I don't think you believed me. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, had a ro- I had a roller coaster ride with rugs because it started as I'd, I'm not getting him at eight. He's not going to be there. And then I started to accept that he was going to be there. So then I was going to take him. But then very quickly, I was like, I'm not taking him, but I'm going to tell people that I'm taking him. So then I did that for like two months. And yeah, now he's a second round pick. So yeah. <laughs> wild times. Yeah, you traded right. it to 11 and still didn't take him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Dude, it's going to come back to haunt me. I guarantee it. Well, record predictions for Riley's first season in Webb. All right. He's got Tim in his division, which bodes well for him, picking up mm-hmm. a few wins extra than maybe a Colin who's in a tougher, doesn't have a player or a team of his caliber in his division, whereas Riley does in Tim. So I think he's going to at least split that. Probably, maybe take both. Tim's team's pretty gross. Um, <laughs> I think he takes the week one call and maybe steals another one somewhere, but I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say three, three and 11 for Riley. Yeah, that's, that's right where I am at. Uh, he should sweep that 10 series. I think he'll at least win one more game that there's a potential for a random week in there where he gets another one, but I feel like three and 11 is a safe bet right now. Yeah. I gave him four and 10 in the, in the season and review, but He's made a lot of moves since that point, and I think his 2020 outlook is looking a little bit worse now, so I, I'm going to agree 3-11 and 11 for Riley. Well, uh, the next team, I think record predictions for this team might be the most fun of <laughs> any of the teams, but it's Tim, everybody. It's Andy Reid's insulin pens. The, the, the guy has just done it again, and dare I say maybe even worse than the last time because (laughs) it's hard to look at this team and imagine that he gets a win this season. I'm saying that right now. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good to be said about what Tim is doing for his franchise, but for the 2020 Mm -hmm. season, what are we, what are we thinking here for this, for this squad? it's going to be gross. Like you said, this team is very invested in his picks right now and possibly has just a record amount of picks in the next two years that we'll like ever see in web history. It's got five this year and it looks like four next year. And that's with a potentially ill-advised Darius Slayton trade a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, probably ill-advised, but uh, it's, after the Slayton trade, the starting lineup's not as gross as it was. 
like Dobbins could take over. Like there's a there's a scenario where this team's not bad. Like take not bad for with a grain of salt, but not bad as in he could win like three games instead of like zero. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's got Bro in the starting lineup. I mean, I expect Bro to kind of be inconsistent, still love him, but it's his rookie year. Um, but yeah, it's gross. This defense could be decent actually. Shaq Thompson could take Keekly's spot, but it's it's tough to look at this team. I just don't like it doing it. Brian Edwards, yeah. though. Yeah, Brian Edwards took him over Jerry yeah. Judy. That's uh I remember having a take early in the process saying that hot take Brian Edwards would outproduce <laughs> Henry Ruggs. And I uh, got a lot of laughs, but now we'll get to see. They're, I guess they're both in the, the starting uh, lineup for him, so that'll be fun mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, but, yeah, this honestly, it's not as bad as I thought now that he, he puts the rookies in there because, like, a lot of fun guys, Mims, Dobbins, Burrow, like, a ton of upside. Um, it's just going to be tough because I feel like it, it's probably going to be a slow start for a lot of those guys. Those those first few weeks might be pretty gross. Really, and, um you know, Jordan Howard, I don't, I don't even know what to think of him. Kareem Hunt just got re-signed. Yeah. So I think he was kind of hoping maybe they don't re-sign him and he goes to a team and becomes the guy. Sounds like he's just going to be sort of in that backfield with Chubb for the extended future, which isn't as great for his upside. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram is sort of just, I don't even know what to think. This is a guy that was really really highly touted coming out of college and he showed flashes but he's been hurt and sort of been forgotten about all of a sudden um does he finally take that next step into being a top five dynasty tight end who knows um yeah and then the defense like there's there's some actually pretty solid assets like said Shaq thompson could step in van is solid jabril pepper should be good but um Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, this it's not as bad now that I see the rookies in place that um, I think this team would could win a couple games. But it's uh, it's obviously obvious what he's doing. He he's got his system in place, get all his draft picks, and then uh, hope to God that they, they hit. And uh, it's going to be entertaining nonetheless to watch how this all unfolds. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to draft his rookies next year. He'll probably trade some of those 2022 picks for a stud wide receiver, and then he'll almost make the playoffs for a few years and then trade away his whole team once his running backs start holding out. (laughs) Such is the cycle of being an insulin pen fan. (laughs) You're just along on the roller coaster. But um, I think this team is like more fun to look at than it's actually going to be to like see it play because. I mean, he's got all of his guys in there, you know, uh, like, I mean, he had the four first round picks. He trades the last one of those gets Kareem Hunt out of that, but added Dobbins, uh, added Burrow and added Denzel Mims with his three firsts this year. So all those guys make it into the lineup. But like you said, Caleb, I don't know what kind of production you're expecting out of those kind of players, you know, for the first half of the season, at least. Um, if not the whole year. So I this think is... it's 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 definitely something that looks good moving forward, especially considering that he's going to be adding five more first-round picks yeah. uh, to the mix of this all. But, I mean, 
I just yeah. noticed something that's unlike anything I've ever seen on a web roster before. So he's got his three starting wide receivers. He's got a running back in the flex spot. And he only has one other wide receiver on the bench. And it's Denzel Mims. <laughs> so he has four wide receivers on his roster currently. That's and I, that's what I'm just looking at here. The bench is where it begins to get very, <laughs> very troubling because he has, has more quarterbacks than wide receivers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, if if Burrow gets hurt, he's fine. But if if Denzel Mims is getting twenty percent of the snaps for seven weeks, he's playing <laughs> Rashad Perriman and and after that it's like you're flexing. I mean, Brian Edwards isn't exactly the pinnacle of health. Yeah, I mean, don't say that. <laughs> Take it easy, come on. Yeah, no, he's 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 riding a thin line, and and that thin line is like I'm gonna have four wins, or I'm gonna not have a win if anything <laughs> goes wrong. So, I mean, he's obviously he's fine with that. This isn't you know he doesn't have expectations. He wants to lose, but. Mm-hmm. It's it is exciting to see this team kind of take its first steps into becoming the next era of the insulin pens. But uh, for this season, who is your web factor? Caleb, start oh, now. My first. Oh, yeah. well, I guess I'll do Brian Edwards. Um, kind of talked about it earlier. This is a guy. I really like coming out of college. Obviously, it was the injury thing, but his tape tape didn't lie. And I think you know, with the injury to Tyrell Williams, that even even more opportunity like um, in that offense. Which uh, it'll it'll be really interesting. Like I said, between him and Ruggs, they're obviously two different guys. So I think they they, they probably complement each other pretty well. But um, will Derek Carr be able to distribute the ball well? Will he even be good? That might be. Mariota's team at some point, probably not, but a man can dream. Uh, but yeah, Brian Edwards, I, he's been hyping him up a lot. He's getting a lot of hype online, and uh, I think this would be a, a nice to, to finally see one of these guys hit. I think it would be really nice to see one of these wide receivers step right in and be maybe even like a wide receiver two or three guy uh, in his rookie season. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go to the defensive side of things here. He's got a lot of exciting young offensive talent, but I'm looking at Leighton Vander Esch because uh, this is a guy who, in his rookie season, is one of the top dynasty linebackers unquestionably. Then he deals with the injury last season, and he Tim's been floating his name out there. I mean, there's I, I have sources to confirm that he's had multiple interested parties. He's had some offers on the table, but he hasn't made a move yet. And so the reason I'm going to pick Vanderesh for him is because I think if he decides, I'm going to hang on to Leighton and let's see how he looks. Uh, and and you know if he comes out and has those types of numbers again, he's going to fetch a hearty price. And so I think. In a, in a league which you have a handful of teams looking for their number one linebacker, their bona fide dynasty stud at that position, I think this could be a huge uh, huge player for Tim and, and kind of adding even more uh, assets draft-wise moving forward. All right. So I'm also going to go along the lines of trying to build 
build value because obviously Tim doesn't care if he wins this year, but I'm going to go with Darius Slayton because you could argue that this was, I mean, there was the Amari Cooper acquisition, but he traded him away pretty much immediately. So you could argue that this Darius Slayton trade was the first step in the process of going back the other direction. Um, So it could be important to get that off to a good start. He's been getting kind of ripped on for maybe overpaying in the heat of the moment at the poker game. Um, so if Darius Slayton can build on what he did his rookie year, which it was a very impressive rookie year, something that a lot of receivers don't do. Um, I know people aren't really expecting much more out of him than what he did, but if he can somehow build on that um, and turn it into maybe even Tim wins that trade, I think that'd be a really good start to his rebuild. Um, so that's kind of the person I'd be watching the most um, if I were on, if I were Tim's team. Well, here we go. <laughs> Give me your number. How many does t- how many does this squad win this season? <clears throat> Factoring in all the trades that he's yet to make. I I'm going I'm going to give him 2. But I feel like I'm being generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also going 2 and 12 and it doesn't yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It feels like I'm. I feel better about his lineup after looking at it, but it's yeah. still not good. So I think I think two wins is is doable. <laughs> Just yeah, in the course of a web season, there's going to be yeah so many issues with his like wide receiver core where he's going to need <laughs> at least some semblance of a depth. It's just going to kill him. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at the last Zero. six games of last season in which he went 0 for 6 and scored an average of 124 points per game. This roster, I don't really remember what it looked like at the end of last season, but it has to be comparably bad, if not worse. So... I'm I'm going to do it to him. I'm going to do it to him. I'm going to say 1 and 13. <laughs> I think he gets one lucky one against O'Reilly or something, yeah. but I don't think there's many teams in this league that can't handle him right now. And I just think it's all going to come together for him. <laughs> it's all going to come together. He's he's going to be the only one win team in Webb's history. We've never <laughs> had a one in 13 team. We take a moment to appreciate how impressive a blow up is if you are worse than the expansion teams that come in. Both of them. <laughs> know, <right? laughs> oh, God. I love you, Tim. Freak. All right. Well, moving on. We we jump up quite a bit after Tim. Uh, yeah. I mean Riley's wild card expansion team, whatever. We got Tim on the bottom. Now we get into it here, where in the big five, you know, it takes till you get to that that you know the top three where you're really thinking about it. Here we're already starting at four, uh, and that's with Josh. So Josh finished seven and seven last season, heartbreakingly did not qualify for the playoffs, did not have a chance to defend his title, despite 
an absolute tear, just a, a display of heart and grit and determination in the last five games of the season in which, you know, he, he was four and one. He averaged 188 points per game and it moved him to Webb's number two scoring team. Mm-hmm. So this team, wow. seven and seven, did not have a bad year by any stretch. He was a playoff caliber team again last year coming off the title. And he's made some moves this offseason. The team looks different now. What do we think about Josh? Is he is he still there? Does he have another chance at this? Or, or what do you think? I think he's still there. I know we talked in the theme of the 2018 season was he was getting lucky. Maybe this team's a year too soon and it's rebuild, but it's pulling off some weird wins. Then things kind of go the other way with him in 2019. He puts up good stats as far as scoring and whatnot and WIB, um, but doesn't quite see those wins rack up the way they did in 2018. Um, so he goes out this offseason, makes a few win-now trades, brings in Allen Robinson, um, Fournette, another good win-now player. Um, so I think he's definitely right there. This pack 5 once you get to this top four, I could see a case for any of these teams um, as the winner. Um, but yeah, I think this team's still right there. Obviously, he's built on his defense. Still got Darius Leonard. Um, yeah, I like some of the draft picks he brought in. Cam Akers, who should start right away. David Johnson with Houston should be pretty good. Um, but yeah, definitely still there. Still a win-out team. I don't think he's up with the elites of Mingo and Dan, but definitely he's playoff capable. And once you get there, you never know. Um, I'm a little less high on Josh's team, actually. I think there are some a lot of question marks when I'm looking at this team, and I'm not really sure how much different it is from last season. Um, but I think Miles Sanders should be in for a big year. Lamar Jackson, like the top looks great. David Johnson. Will he return to form? I'm not really sure. Robert Wood should put up solid numbers. Alan Robinson, too. Deshaun Jackson, maybe if he stays healthy. I'm not sure. Uh, tight end, Logan Tom. We, we've talked about the tight ends before. Oh, yeah. so I'm guessing Logan Tom. Thomas. That's, that's a staple for this franchise. Yeah. So is, he, is he trades away Herndon. Yeah, Logan Thomas. He oh, trades away Herndon, who had the Herndon hype train all offseason. So now he slots in Logan Thomas. And then, obviously, he drafted those rookie running backs, Swift and Akers. Um, still, you don't know how quick they're going to have an impact. They're expected. But, like, Swift, I guess, is dealing with an injury. So you don't know really there. And then I'm kind of looking at the defense, and I'm not as high on it as I used to be. He traded away Littleton. Um, so the linebackers right now, he's got Blake Cashman, who I – I just looked at a sleeper thing, and it said he's just a reserve linebacker this season. So, I, I don't he's know. Starting, Tom, actually. Is he actually? Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Either way, I, I don't know. I have, There's question marks there with him and Thomas Davis in the linebacker core, which Darius Leonard covers up some of that. But um, John Johnson should be good. But then uh, Carl Joseph and Kareem Jackson, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. And even even there's a few guys like Fournette. Like there's just a lot of question marks for me. Marlon Mack lost value with JT getting picked up, and he's got Hines there too. So they both took a value dump. Maybe Jarvis Landry. 
Um, he, he'll probably be a solid startable player this season, but I'm just looking through and I, I, just a lot of question marks for me rather than like being confident in this team being a playoff team. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think, I think that's a, a realistic argument. I, I mean, you, you look at the kind of pieces that this lineup has lost since last season. Chris Godwin, yeah, is, is obviously Sutton. the the top one. Cortland Sutton, and then talking about expansion draft, he lost Taylor Rapp, who was his breakout rookie safety, uh, one of the you know one of the pieces of that league leading defense yet again in 2019 there, there was Josh at the top 67.4 points per game, far and away the best defense. And looking at it right now, I, you know, he's lost some pieces here. He's starting some questionable guys. I don't know if we see this team being that defensive juggernaut that it's been for the last two years. I mean, obviously still has Darius, but uh, around that, it, it looks a little bit weaker. But I will say, I think the moves that he, d- the additions that he made, uh, have really helped to solidify his offense. I mean, you you can talk about you know why would you trade Godwin, but he did get Allen Robinson back in that trade. I it, mm-hmm. he looks really good in that in that wide receiver group with with Robert Woods. And uh, he's he really addressed the running back position, which was his Achilles heel for this whole time. I mean, he won a title with, you know, Marlon Mack and some of these other guys. But uh, now he actually has some running backs that I feel like he can count on. Miles Sanders is, a you know, sixth overall player from last year and he is now being viewed as one of the top dynasty running backs far and away uh and you know say what you will about david johnson i i do think that he is he has an opportunity to have some big numbers in houston in that offense and you know being the lead guy there change of scenery maybe that's good for him so um and then in the season in review I mentioned if he could add DeAndre Swift or Cam Akers, that would fill a huge need. Well, there you go, Josh. Is taking both. So the other the other thing too is we got to remember we got these QB scoring changes coming, and Josh has oh, yeah, the sure. best fantasy wide or quarterback from last year. So I think that could help cover up maybe for what the defense lost. Hopefully for Josh, maybe. Yeah, and and I do think that you know he he has so much of that where it's like Lamar is going to cover up some of the offensive holes. Darius is going to cover up some of the defensive holes. Yeah. He has those bona fide superstar players uh, that he can, that he can count on week in and week out. And I, I do like some of the young depth that he's added. Um, and, you know, maybe he finds a superstar in, in there as well. I mean, we wasn't that long ago. Deandre Swift was the top running back in this class. So, um, also for net, you know, yeah. for that trade looked horrible and you don't really know what's happening, but now for kind of in a pretty good situation for him. So I don't know. Kind of like, I kind of like what a, Josh is doing right now. It is a weird team. Yeah. It's, weird well, team. it's, it's Josh. So. It's a classic Josh team, but, <laughs> but like in that it's less about the defense now it's like he's yeah. finally kind of coming around where the offense looks pretty good 
He may just need to fill in some holes on defense. Um, so look, I mean, we kind of just went through his entire roster and I, I think you can pick out a, a number of these guys for this excluding Lamar Jackson. He's immortalized. <laughs> this is what he is. This is Nick. The web factor. The web factor. Excluding him. Who is your web factor for 2020 for Josh? You're up first. I'm up. That's right. <laughs> God, the rotation catches me. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, who is, he, who is your web factor? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, my web factor for this team is Miles Sanders because there's a lot of hype and hype goes one of two ways and either Josh has uh, a running back superstar you know we're, we're going to 0.5 PPR which adds a little bit of a bump there that's going to help his numbers as well if he kind of has that role that people are expecting for Philadelphia like I think that this is going to be the start of a really, really strong running back group for this team um, with some of those other guys that we mentioned. So I think if San- if Miles Sanders can take that step forward and become that type of a player, that's going to make me feel a lot better about this team for this season. So I'm going to go with him. All right. I'm going to go with the other running back in a starting lineup. I'm going to go a little bit different route. Um, I'm going to go with David Johnson, um, a person that Josh invested two firsts in, a person that he's got nicknamed on Sleeper the Plague. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with David Johnson and hopefully a maybe a little bit of a value recouping uh, season for him. Not necessarily to trade, but just something to make Josh feel a little bit better about giving up those two firsts for him. Maybe he gets back. Maybe he was not healthy last year when he looked like he could barely run. Um, maybe he gets in that Texans offense and they use him and he puts up maybe one or even two more David Johnson type years. And those first feel a little bit less bad going through. Um, and like Korf was saying, that running back core has a lot of potential, even with Swift on the bench with Akers. So if if you add a revitalized David Johnson to that, that offers a lot of, a lot of opportunities for Josh, maybe to even package um, some of his younger guys for something maybe in the other part of the lineup, maybe like tight end. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, I hate to do another running back, but that's that's kind of where I'm looking. I think I'm going to go Leonard Fournette. I think this is a guy who's been pretty much, when he's healthy, a top five, top ten running back in the league fantasy-wise, and all of a sudden, the, the Jaguars can't trade him away for anything. He gets caught, and now he's on this all of a sudden put-together Buccaneers team with Tom Brady, all these weapons. You add him to the mix. Um, what, what is he going to do in that Buccaneers offense? Could he Could he be – I could see him being a big touchdown guy, sort of like LeGarrette Blount was with Brady back in the day. I could see him racking up a bunch of those. Um, his, his value – I don't really know where to put it. I don't know what he's really going to do this season. But like you said, there's just so many running backs here that that could have big seasons. Uh, You could really pick any of them for the web factor. If if at least two or three, if two of them come through, he's going to be sitting really well. So, well, this might be the the first time out of eight nine teams now 
where we have some significant disagreement on records. So, yeah. Frazier, what is your record prediction for this Josh squad? Um, I'm going with eight wins for Josh, eight and six. I'm uh, going back and forth. Uh, Josh always finds a way to, to win games, even with a weird roster. I was, uh, I think I'm going to go six and eight. That's going to be my record for Josh. Oh, man. I. I'm going to take the middle on this. I'm going to say yeah. seven and seven <laughs> again because yeah. I, I, I think that there's a ton of upside on this team. Like this could easily be like a nine win team that gets into the postseason again, but just with how strong the teams ahead of him in the pack five are and where some of these other teams in the big five, how some of these teams look, I just don't know if there's enough wins to go around, if some of these holes on the team kind of gl- are, are glaring when we hit the midseason mark. So I'm going to say 7-7 seven and seven again for Josh. All right. Well, Dirty Dave and the boys is back again. And this is part two of the Dirty Dave return to glory story. <laughs> Uh, he has the reigning MVP, the first ever voted on MVP of web in Christian McCaffrey. And he is hungry to erase the bitter taste from his agonizing eight and six season, in which he fell short of the postseason for the seventh consecutive year. Please, everybody on this podcast right now, you tell me that Dave is making the postseason in year eight. Say it to me. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I am ready for another year of trying to get Dave to trade for a stud wide receiver. I, oh, that was the Jesus, first thing I thought of. I, looked, I looked at the lineup and I was like, God, he could, you know, he could really use. <laughs> Stud wide receiver. <laughs> okay, no, hold on a second. Let me start. I'm starting. All right, Dave, I got you on this one. Okay, listen to me. This guy went out last season after just weeks and weeks of just hammering on him. Trade for your guy. Trade for a receiver. Make the postseason. <laughs> what does he do? He goes out and gets one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL, Tyler Lockett, who had an incredible season. Now, I'm looking at this wide receiver group, and I'm seeing Lockett, and I'm seeing a budding superstar in the NFL in Terry McLaurin. That's right. Terry McLaurin, by the end of this 2020 season, will be viewed as a top Eight dynasty wide receiver. You heard it right here. The Haskins to McLaurin combo is going to light the NFL on fire. And this wide receiver group with the, let me, let me just point out to you the fifth overall pick 
the best wide receiver prospect in the draft, Jerry Judy, future top five dynasty asset in the making. This team is just loaded at wide receiver. This is one of the best wide receiver teams in the league. It sounds like you know, sports talk radio right I, now. <laughs> I've never argued that this team isn't deep at wide receiver. It is deep. It's just full of wide receiver twos. And this is a team <laughs> that's built to win now. He's got McCaffrey. He's got Kamara. These are running backs that are in their prime. He doesn't have time to wait for Terry McLaurin to be a top eight dynasty wide receiver a year from now. He needs a stud wide receiver now. He's ready to win with McCaffrey. He's got Kamara. He's going to get a nice extension. The window is this year, next year. That's the window for Dave, and he doesn't have a stud wide receiver to back them up. He's got Thielen always hurt. Terry McLaurin, like we said, wide receiver two. Uh, Lockett, another just high end wide receiver two. I, I think am this appalled team... at what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> I'm just appalled. Caleb, please, can you please talk some reasoning right, into let's him? Skip. <laughs> It's cool down. It's turned into a fucking episode of first take. Um, all right, Dave's team really good, and uh, I like the direction he's been going. We, you know, we've harped on him about the defense, and um, he's addressed it. You know, Jalen Smith. He got Blake Martinez. Then he got Zadarius, DeForest Buckner. That's really good. Jordan Poyer. I guess the back end of the DBs is a little questionable, but. From where he was a couple of years ago, he has made massive strides. So that's great. The running backs stacked. Um, Melvin's gone, so Eckler's going to be the guy out there. Waller comes out into the scene is really good. And then the receivers, I agree. I think McLaurin, he's going to be, I'd say, top 12 fantasy, maybe. He, he's going to have a big season. So um, I have a little question about Adam Thielen. We'll see what he does. Diggs is gone. Will that help him, hurt him? Uh, Lockett is what he is. Underrated, like you said, but he's not like a, a world burner. And then we talked about it. The depth at receiver is incredible. You know, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel. You forget about Nikhil Harry. He was an early round pick. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of upside there. But uh, this is a win-now team, so... Would I make him? You could still, I don't know. I don't know. Embrace your strengths. Embrace your strengths. Look at this running back trio again. And we're talking about a team that did not hit its full potential last season because of what Kamara was dealing with. We haven't seen McCaffrey and Kamara yet. That hasn't been unleashed on the league yet. I want 14 games of that with, with fricking, Eckler in the flex, one of the best wide receivers. PPR bump for every single one of these guys. I don't care if it's half point. Every single one of his running backs just got shot up by at least a couple of spots. I don't need you to have... If if you're talking about, oh, Adam Thielen might be a problem as your wide receiver three, (laughs) you're talking about one of the best teams in the league. Say it. It, No, it is. I... Well, <laughs> his team is still good. My issue with this team is he's got McCaffrey and Kamara. Like, this is a playoff team. But with McCaffrey, where McCaffrey's at in his career, this should be the point where we're talking with this team right with Mingo and Dan. And we aren't. And it's because he doesn't have that guy. 
and that guy was available a few months ago, and he went to one of those two teams, which I just mentioned, instead of Dave's team. Those are the things where I don't think Dave's capitalizing on. But yes, this is a playoff team this year. I'm gonna. He's in my playoff predictions. Thank you. <laughs> I just think he's Ooh. Dave's team that's ready to win a title. It's one piece away. I do wanna. I do wanna hit on something you said, Caleb, because I think it deserves to be shouted out, and that is that Dave has he has addressed the defense. I this defense has not looked bad at all. I mean, I. Without, you know, Darius Leonard sways things, but like this defense is comparable to Josh's on paper. If you're kind of ignoring the Darius Leonard 17 points per game. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, Darnell Savage, I feel like he's going to take a nice step forward for the Packers. Zadarius is going to have another monster year. And then... You know, the linebackers are great. I, I mean, you say what you want about Blake Martinez. I think he's still going to be racking up tackles in New York this season at least. So, all right. Web factor. Give it to me. Ooh. This is actually a tough one for this team. It's a lot, there's Yeah, there's a lot of directions, again, with yeah. this one. I'm going to go Kamara. I think I'm going to steal the good one from everybody. Um, like Corf mentioned a little bit when you were in your your spiel that he hasn't had the healthy Kamara to pair with McCaffrey yet, which is part of the reason probably why he missed the playoffs last year. But if he gets a healthy Kamara, um, we talked about it at length on the pod last year, but that's the best running back duo, I think, in the league with all respects to Dan's team right now. Um, healthy Kamara, healthy McCaffrey. 0.5 PPR. That might be um, the best running back duo ever. Yeah, that could light the league on fire. Um, and it might not matter what he has in his wide receiver core. So that could that's a very um, strong possibility. So I'm going to go with a healthy Kamara. That's the web factor for Dave. All right. I'm going to steal the guy Mingo was hyping up. I'm doing Terry McLaurin. Um, I'm sort of with you, Mingo. I think he's got that that high upside this season to become a, a staple, possibly a wide receiver one in dynasty. And it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. You get the ball in this guy's hands and, and he's making plays. So I think if, if T- Terry can take it to the next step and maybe we, maybe we can finally end this debate of whether he needs to trade for one and Terry steps up and uh, makes it. So, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, you guys took the, the good ones, but I think there is another a little bit lower radar guy that might be getting lost a little bit. And you mentioned him, Caleb. Nikhil Harry to me is a very interesting player because nickname could be good. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, where's the to argue with that? Because <laughs> this guy was the third overall pick last two years ago. I mean, number one overall pick in a, in a handful of situations. And I mean, we didn't get to see him. I mean, he was, he dealt with an injury and then, you know, obviously with, with that offense and Bill Belichick, he was, he was, it was a slow start, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can necessarily hold that against him. But I do think that we as dynasty players are incredibly reactionary 
and we looked at his season as a dud and now he's bad and we hate him. But <laughs> I'm looking at him and I'm like, Cam Newton's coming to town and he needs a number one target. I don't, Julian Edelman, Dave has him too, whatever. He's running around out there. He's 35, whatever. Nikhil is ready to take over. He's ready to be a red zone weapon. And I think that he's going to benefit a lot from another off season and building a connection with Cam. And I think Nikhil could be a really nice player where, you know, if, if Thielen gets hurt, maybe he's a wide receiver three kind of a guy, or maybe he can trade him for something, you know, maybe he's a piece in a deal for, for a, an even better guy. So I think there's there's a good chance that Nikhil could have a, a good impact for this team this season. Yeah, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say, you know what I see? Um, or you know what I see when I see Nikhil Harry and some of these other bench pieces that you could make a case for? I see a nice little package for the <laughs> first-round pick for one of these stud wide receivers. <laughs> This is going to be 14 games of this again, or 10 <laughs> games of this, so all the way to the trade deadline. Guarantee it. <laughs> well, uh, record predictions for Dave. What are we thinking? I have nine. Step below. I think I had 10 for Dan and 11 for Mingo. I'm going one step below that. Nine. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm going nine wins. I think I haven't exactly looked at it. He's, I think he might be that last playoff team in. I'd have to make, take a closer look, but he's definitely, I think this could finally be the year that he does it. Yep. I, he's unquestionably a playoff team for me. Absolutely no doubt. If he misses the playoffs this season, there is true witchcraft happening with. <laughs> boys there's he, somebody cursed him because like, there's no reason he should miss it this season i like how he's already and he should finally make the playoffs when he's only one year removed from his four and ten last year the rebuild yep <laughs> well you know what a what a what a history for this team you know just absolute grit just mm-hmm. high character never quits all all of the the challenges that he has had to face and the the down years and being considered a seller dweller in the pack <laughs> five with Josh, who now has a title. And you know what, man? I'm giving this team 10 wins. Lock it up, no doubt, double digits. And we may come to find out when we talk about the face of the pack five that I might be picking Dave to win this conference. We'll see. Mm. I haven't gotten that far yet. I don't know. Might fuck around. Hmm. Huh? Mm. Interesting choice. Mm. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, uh, Caleb, hello. It's your team's turn because you made the playoffs (laughs) last year. That was weird. Hey, come on. Well, okay. It's it's weird because like when I think back to our preseason show last season, I feel like I I don't remember what we were saying about your team. 
I feel like you were probably in the conversation for the playoffs, but like it was all like Dave Frazier, yeah, Pack Five. <laughs> I think but, I remember you actually making a strong Caleb case in the preseason pod last year. Yeah, I'm almost almost hundred percent positive you did. That makes me feel good but, because yeah, pe- people tend to forget that you were in the playoffs when you get actually absolutely smoked in round one. <laughs> Oh, that was that. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot too. Yep. Slowly Locked, it out of <laughs> like, I don't think I had a bad game. It was just blew the doors off me. Yeah, we, you know, I've been there, man. I've, I've had a 246 hung on me in round one. So <laughs> <laughs> we've been there. <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, that was a 208 to 157 game, yeah. courtesy of yeah. the, uh, the Pac 5 champ. But, um, yeah, the, I the, this kind of the same story, honestly, going into 2020. I feel like your team kind of gets lost in translation because we're talking about Dave again. We're still going to be talking about how good Frazier is. And then we got this new Dan powerhouse reassembling and Parker's a hot team again. But then there's the Dark Brotherhood. And you're it's just the, there it's still. the team name, man. It's the, the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> Under the, like, it's kind of fitting. Like, I don't need to be in the limelight. I'm just, I'm just over here doing my thing. Kids in the shadows. He's making moves. He's got a great roster, and he, you know, he wants to do this again. There's going to be some very upset teams come playoff time if if this sneaky Caleb team uh, can can hit it for a second straight year. So. I guess Frazier, do you think he's gonna do it? Uh, do it doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you think he's I gonna think he's, he's gonna do the thing again? He's just gonna. I think he's gonna be right there again. Huh? Um, I like a lot. <laughs> I like a lot about this team. It's one of the most complete starting lineups, just top to bottom. I still love his defense. He's got back some of the pieces he lost and. Expansion. He's got Jamal Adams back. I think Devin Bush is going to take a step forward and hopefully not like disappear for half the year. Um, Nick Bosa still on this team. People forget about that because he kind of hangs out on his bench usually. Um, <laughs> it's like tough. a There's a lot of defensive linemen to sort through. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to be doing. I think you got you're really deep at wide receiver. Um, you got Teddy Dumpdowns is going to be throwing a DJ Moore a lot. Half point PPR should be a nice, a nice wide receiver. Maybe take a step forward. Do what people are thinking he's going to do. Um, I'd say the one weakness is probably running back, but even so, you got those old guys. The teams aren't afraid to just burn the wheels off of. So maybe they get some <laughs> high volume uh, fantasy stats. But yeah, I like this team a lot. Just another team in this group of four and the pack five that are going to be battling every week down the stretch. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what Frazier said. I mean, I you can't talk about this team without talking about uh, DJ Moore because what a meteoric rise for this guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, believe me. I'm a DJ Moore guy. I think he's great. I think he's going to be elite, but like just crazy the way that people are talking about him right now. Like he's a top five dynasty wide receiver, like just bang. He has that one season. And I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because you start to believe that this combo of Evans and Moore is, you know, something really, really special. 
and it very well could be. But I think we do need to see that second year out of DJ Moore to really kind of solidify that. And I mean, your your starting lineup looks great. Dak Prescott is an underrated guy, and you have Josh Allen behind him. The running backs are that kind of like tried and true, like I kind of want to throw up by looking at them, but I also <laughs> know that they're going to be respectable and score points for this team and, and probably help you win games. So, I mean, I don't know. You got the you got the sleeper, Deontay Johnson, everybody's favorite player. There's a lot to like about this team, but... I want to hear what I want to hear what you think. What are you are you thinking you're ready for this again or are you looking to address something? Um I'm trying to think if I'm I feel like I've gotten mate trying to decide if I've gotten better from last season or not. I think losing guys in the expansion draft kind of hurt and I didn't really I only had two picks in the draft where I got my two guys, Anthony McFarland and Jordan Love, so I was happy with that. But I had guys take value hits. Philip Lindsay, they bring in Melvin Gordon, then carry on, they draft Swift and pick up AP. So I, I feel like we're around the same of where we were last season. But it's still a really – I think I've made it a well-rounded roster. I think I have the deepest defense in the league, in my opinion. Um, even if someone would get hurt along the lines here, I – I feel like I have a very good player can step in for them and at receiver. The running back is it's sketchy. You know, I I didn't give up much to get Lev, so I'm glad I did that before everything went went bad with Lindsay and Carry On. But they're, they're Todd and Le'Veon, you know, look good like maybe three years ago. But I still think there's opportunity there, and I'm I'm hoping my receivers can carry the load. And then as long as I can just get solid production out of those guys, uh, with how well-rounded the roster is, I think, like you said, I, if I'm being realistic, it's it's right on that playoff edge. There's some good teams. It's going to be tough, but I'm right there. And honestly, I don't know. What do you guys think about the tight end situation? Because I feel like that's sort of gotten lost, too, like Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper. I don't really know what to think of Hooper on the Browns. They paid him a lot of money. So I'm assuming he's going to get the ball up, but you don't know. And then Hunter Henry, if he can stay healthy, I think should be good. But yeah, that's pretty much. Hunter Henry is that name where each preseason, I'm like, oh, that's a good name to have in your tight end spot. And then it's just like hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And like Hooper was a top. I mean, he was like probably the number one tight end before he got hurt last season. And then he's just sort of quietly falling away. So yeah, yeah, I I think. Building well-roundedness. Well, I think uh, like Hunter Henry is is has reached that point now where he's gotten hurt so many times that people are kind of like writing him off. I think already. Like when I see Hunter Henry, I don't feel the same things that I felt like two years yeah. ago, where he's like this exciting, like one of the best young tight ends in the league, but. I definitely think that he still has that potential. I think that's just like a stigma of seeing somebody get hurt for a couple of years in a row. But I think there's a lot of upside there yet. And Hooper, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people are more excited about Hayden Hurst being on Atlanta than they are about Austin (laughs) Hooper as the player. You know, so it's like, what does that say? But maybe he proves everybody wrong. I don't know. 
but you also have Kenny Galladay just like hide. I'm looking at yeah. the web See, app I, and he's I, like I, hiding I, on the bench right now. Yeah, that's why I on the on the phone on the phone app it shows that he's in the lineup. But yeah, that's so what that, I was trying to do. That feels a lot <laughs> better to me than because I I think Galladay is going to have a huge season. Yeah, that's another guy. I feel like this story gets slowly forgotten about, but he was what a top ten receiver last season and. Yeah, what one through four? It's really tough to compete with uh, Caleb's wide receivers with yep. just uh, Evans, Moore, Galladay, Cup. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's you're right on the line. It's it's you're right. You're gonna be banging it with some of these teams like Parker and your team and probably Josh, because that's just how life works. You guys are all just going to be button heads like down the stretch. And I think if one of these like top four teams that I think that we're seeing with like me, Dan Frazier and Dave, like if one of them kind of stumbles, like you guys are going to be like mosh pitting to try to like get (laughs) on top of that fourth spot. So yeah, I mean, Maybe one big move sets you ahead of one of these teams, but we'll see. I, th- I think the roster looks pretty good right now, so you just let it ride and see what happens. Um, web factor for this team. He's first. Pick, I'm pick first for my own oh team. Oh, my God. <laughs> up, buddy. Um, man, there's a few choices here. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Todd Gurley and go with either of those running backs, but obviously behind behind him on my team, there's not a whole lot to look at. So I'm really going to be carrying. He's going to have to carry a lot of the load for the running back department. And you know, he had a decent season last year. wasn't wasn't old Todd Gurley, but new situation in Atlanta uh, that hopefully will help his production. It's it's really tough to say. But if he can get back to his old form, I mean, then I feel like that would take this team to the next level where it's like, you know, you got Le'Veon and Todd there. What are they going to do? But if Todd get gets back to what we're used to him doing, all of a sudden I feel like my team, I I would feel it would be right there with Dave um, in terms of production. So, yeah, I'm going Todd. Please do it. Yeah, I'm, there's, I mean, there's a ton of – people that you can pick off of this roster, but I'm going to go. Ah, fuck it. I'm taking them. Deontay Johnson. You have to say it because there's so much buzz around this guy. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, if you're playing redraft, you're trying to draft him and trade him because everybody thinks he's going to be the next God. But there's a very real possibility that he has a huge season with, with Ben coming back. All of the metrics really like him. Matt Harmon loves him. That's usually a really good indicator of a wide receiver actually being good. So I think Deontay Johnson, who currently on the lineup that I'm looking at is in your flex, but with, with the Galladay in there, like he, you get, you have some flexibility with him. And I think uh, that could be a, p- a player that really helps you on like bye weeks or maybe even gets into the lineup if if Cup struggles or one of these guys is hurt or something. But yeah, I'm gonna go Deontay. All right, I'm gonna take 
let's go. I was going to take Gurley. That was a good pick. Um, but I'm going to go to the only other position where you could say there's maybe some where you don't feel completely comfortable comfortable about it this year at tight end. I'm going to go Hunter Henry. I know we already talked about that a little, but like you said, this guy was two years ago was like a major trade piece and a bunch of deals. Um, did he come over in the Michael Thomas trade? Is that one yep. of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he was the the snip snap snip snap between me and yeah. Mingo. Yeah, <laughs> traded him back and forth. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough in dynasty to stay patient, but you a lot of times you still do with these tight ends. Um, he's still only twenty five. Um, two years ago, we were talking maybe this guy comes out with a wide receiver eleven or tight end eleven season his first year, tight end twelve in his second year. Uh, but that kind of disappears with these injuries. So if that guy can come back and maybe build on that, uh, maybe comes out with a nice connection with Tyrod, you never know. Um, that could solidify just one more spot in this lineup, um, making it one of the more complete lineups in web. Well, record predictions for this team. What do we think it looks like in uh, the end? After working through these two teams, I like it. Better than Josh's, who I also had at eight wins, but I don't feel quite comfortable going nine. So I'm going to go eight, but beats Josh in scoring. So it gets a tiebreaker. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think since I gave Dave nine wins, I think I'm just a little bit below him. Uh, yeah, Sam, I think I'm slightly above Josh. Well, in my case, I think he's I'm more above Josh, but I'm going to go eight wins as well um, and fight fighting for that playoff spot. Yeah, I think I think the defense is a huge, a huge plus for this team. I think that's going to be a huge factor for you this season alongside of a offensive starting lineup that is one of the best in the league i would say if all of these pieces do what you expect them to do so uh i'm gonna also say eight wins i'll say one game better than josh and that leaves one that leaves a team that when the writers of history recount the pack fives conception and early years we'll talk about this team david wilson batman as the team that owned that territory but has david wilson batman's time begun to run out how many grains of sand are left in this hourglass (laughs) let us talk about that that's beautiful (laughs) wow um I'll lead in. Uh, so today I was I was looking for trades as I do, and I, I stumble over to Frazier's roster, and I see Jameson Crowder as the wide receiver too, and I wanted to throw up. But hey. um, PPR machine. Are you a believer? You have to be. Yeah. I still don't. I, I don't think that's it's the answer. But you look at the running backs, Zeke and Mixon, they're going to carry the freaking load on this team. Uh, people f- kind of forget about Chris Carson, too. If he can stay healthy, he's going to put, put up some big numbers as well. So I think he's got a nice little trio at running back if everyone stays healthy. The receivers, I'm still 
Julio's still so good. Like I'm still like sometimes you see with these older res- receivers, like you slowly get down on them. Like I see no signs of slowing down, so he's still an elite piece there. This this wide receiver two and three spot, I don't know what to think. Of. I'm not a big Crowder guy. Ty, I think he's definitely past his prime. We'll see what he looks like with Philip Rivers, maybe, but um, not as high on him. And then the defense picks up Bradley Chubb, good addition. Uh, you got Quan Alexander. He's coming back from injury, right? I think. Yeah. Uh, should Yeah, so we'll see what he has. He was a great ass- asset before he got hurt. Um, a few guys I don't really know about on the defense, Nathan Gary, Jalen Thompson, <laughs> the faceless man. <laughs> I don't know what the story is behind that nickname. But... He, he didn't have a sleeper picture like in week 10 last year and that just became what he was <laughs> the face of, okay i figured it was um, now he has a picture keeping the nickname faceless man no more <laughs> but, but uh taylor rap like he's made some big acquisitions taylor rap roquan smith bradley chubb this defense is looking a lot better was was Justin Simmons, was that a waiver wire or was that a trade? No, too? that was a trade with Colin. That's also a trade. I took him off my this. team in the draft and then traded him. Wow. Yeah, so really the defense has just, um, I don't really remember what it would look like at the end of, this, end of the year, but it's. No, if I do either. <laughs> so it's, it's improved exponentially, I think. So I like what you've done there. And then on the bench, you know, you got some receivers with upside which is good with what I was looking at earlier. So, Nicole, CD, who you drafted. There's been some MVFs rumblings in camp. Mike Williams, um, I guess, going to be hurt for the first month or so. So, that kind of sucks. But some promising players there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like what I see. Um, the wide receiver spot's a little iffy for me. But besides that, this team's looking really good. I... I alluded to this in the season and review, but this team just kind of has an energy to it where you can look at it and I can look at T Y Hilton and Jamison Crowder. And I still can't envision this team not being one of the best in the league because it just always finds a way And the reason that that happens is probably because there are stars all the way around those holes in the lineup, just like there always are. Because I think for the last three years, this has been a team where we have been able to say, okay, well, this spot's kind of weak now. This guy's getting a little bit older. What are you going to do here? But it just always manages to be okay because of the star power. And I think Joe Mixon... The Todd Gurley trade, three-way trade, I mean, that's going to go down as as a huge move for this franchise, uh, nicknamed New Todd, and I think, you know, (laughs) that's kind of what he's going to be for this team, not quite to that level, but, like, carrying the torch now for alongside of Zeke, and uh, also the fact that, you know, the wide receiver group is the one that has been faltering mainly for, like, the last few years Mm -hmm. and then you go out and you make a huge splash move to trade up to three and grab your guy in cd lamb i mean 
that's a championship mentality move. That's a team that knows what they need, knows what they want, goes out, grabs a potential stud for a reasonable price. And if CD turns out to be what people think he is, and if he can, you know, be Dak's guy, depending on what they're doing with those other star wide receivers there, that's going to look huge for this team as Julio kind of enters his his late kind of exits his prime a little bit. And some of these other receivers that you're kind of spot starting right now, uh, go in and out, but, uh, touching on the defense lastly, though, because you did mention that too, Caleb, uh, this is a team that, you know, has kind of an identity in, in the last like three or four years as having a really kind of up and down defense, I guess. I mean, it's kind of always been like, in the top half, but it's never really been like a prominent feature of this team. And and there's been a few instances in which it's been actually kind of a, a hole or, or a need, but, yeah. uh, that spurts like, yeah, the, the exactly. beginning of last year came out hot and then it was gone at the end. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm looking here, you had, you know, three consecutive 70 point games from weeks two to four, but then 37 and week 11, 46, 41, like just very up and down. And what I'm seeing right now is a, is a heavy investment in this defense, which I think a lot of the top teams have recognized that they need to do. We've seen the top teams in the league do that this off season, in which you know we lost some guys in the expansion draft, and we have quickly went out and patched those holes, and then some to make some of these groups look fierce. And I think this, you know, you're, where you're at on defense right now, Frazier, I think is it's very promising. I like this DB group a lot, the new additions and the defensive line. I mean, Bradley Chubb. That's going to be huge having him again. And then Roquan, that addition, defensive captain spot. I mean, there's there's guys all up and down the board. And you drafted some guys that, you know, Willie Gay, Jeremy Chin, Javon Kinlaw. Like, you invested draft capital into your defense this year. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that the good GMs do they they know what they want, they know what they need, and they go out and do it. And I think that you have done that even as your team ages and, and moves into a, a, a sort of window in which people can maybe start to say, I don't know, I think this is Dave's conference now. I think you have put yourself in a in a position yet again uh, to, to win this Pac-5 title. But... Uh, what what do you think? We just kind of gave your team a serenade. I don't know yeah, what you want to say to that. That was that was comprehensive. I don't even basically <laughs> said it all there. Um, but yeah, I'll touch on a little little bit of the spots I'm concerned on since Mango just gave it quite a boost up. That's got me feeling really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> got to even it out a little bit. Um. Like usual, I, I only roster four running backs, and one of them I was, is pretty irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to bring that up. I saw there was only, what, Darrington Evans on the bench for running backs. So that's maybe yeah. my concern. So, so <laughs> I got Penny hiding on the IR, IR there oh, still, okay. or on the pup, whenever he comes off of that again. I don't know. Um, but, 
Yeah, so one injury to a running back and things kind of go haywire. Um, and it seems like each year, like usual, it's I go into the year, I got these, the wide receiver two spots behind Julio are always a little bit of a question mark, but I have like these players on the bench that, hey, they might be ready to step up and then they just haven't yet. So I have to like <laughs> patchwork it with t- trading first for TY and trading thirds for Jameson Crowders of the world um, each year. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like you said, the defense, I've put a lot of work into trying to kind of retool that after losing some of those older pieces in the expansion draft, like Aaron Donald kind of forced my hand to kind of figure out something there. Um, so I'm pretty happy with the way that turned out. And yeah, here's to hoping CD and Nicole take some steps forward. I think that'll help a lot. I like Nicole a lot. Me too. Uh, web factor for this squad and that's me so my web factor for this team is a guy that caleb just berated for being in this lineup and that's jameson crowder he did it (laughs) and you want to know why you want to know why this makes so much sense because Jamison Crowder is in a perfect scenario. He's in a perfect situation. He is the number one target for Sam Darnold. Denzel Mims is not that guy yet. That's not a thing. So it's Jamison Crowder's wide receiver room. We got the we got the point bump with the half point. And I think Crowder is a guy that is being slept on. I mean let, let let me be let me be realistic here. He's not gonna be like a wide receiver two. Like I mean, last season he was number twenty six in in PPR. That was an eight eight position bump over his non PPR. So, I mean, I think this is a guy that's gonna get production. And you know, I don't really know how I feel about Ty, but I think if Jamison Crowder is giving you startable numbers gives you a lot of flexibility to kind of move in and out some of these other guys with that wide receiver three where you're not worrying about two spots you're just worrying about the one if he can Mm -hmm. be a steady lineup presence i think that's going to do a lot for this team yeah thanks caleb for your ppr campaign i get to reap the benefits of (laughs) jameson crowder my wide receiver three spot sure sure take (laughs) the benefits you can have them (laughs) All right, I'm gonna go another wide receiver. We're gonna go the guy all the all the chips got put in on this offseason, CD Lamb. Um, if this guy can come in and maybe have one of those rookie years, maybe reminiscent of Odell, maybe not quite to that extent, but if he just lights the world on fire, I think the entire future of this team just changes like like that. Like if CD can come in and take the mantle immediately from Julio, um, I got Zeke, I got Mixon locked in. They both got new contracts. I think that kind of changes the three-year outlook immensely. Whereas if this wide receiver core kind of flops again, all of a sudden you're looking at maybe trading Zeke and Mixon. Um, I think that could have a huge impact on the future of the squad. I, I think I was looking at Mike Williams um, a guy that's also sort of been forgotten about. You kind of look back to uh, what draft was it like 2017 
one we had the debates about Corey Davis and Mike Williams, who was better, and now it's kind of become irrelevant, um, <laughs> at least on Corey Davis's side, and kind of on Mike Williams. He hasn't really put together the seasons we've been expecting out of him, and now he's he's a little bit banged up. Um, new quarterback Tyrod Taylor comes into the fold. Uh, with the receiving core that had a lot of questions, this is a guy that when you took him, or did you did you take him in the rookie draft, or would, did you acquire him? Uh, yeah, I took him. No, he took him. He took yeah. him. So that had to have been at what? Like a top? Six. Number six overall. Oh, six. So yeah, six overall. Hasn't quite panned out yet. So with a, with a questionable receiving core, this would be huge if he could finally take that next step forward. Um and kind of become the player we all expected him to be a few years ago. Record predictions for the defending Pac-5 champion. I have me at nine with Dave um, completing the what I think is going to be one of the greatest division races in the history of Webb this year <laughs> between these four teams, all within one game of each other. Um, so I think that's going to go down to the final week. Um, for all four, so you could see some heartbreaking Week 14s. Yeah, it's close. I I think I might like Dave's team a little more, but I don't want to put it such a cluster. I'm going to go. I'm going to go eight wins. I picked you for eight and six in the review, and I think after running down these teams again, looking how this is going to go, I think. This pack five race is going to be unbelievable. This is going to be just <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. And I'm going to pick you for nine and five. I think we're going to, I mean, that was seven and seven for Josh, eight, six, Caleb, nine wins for you and 10 for Dave. And I could see, you know, you're doing plus one or minus one on all those teams. There's going to be so much ridiculous stuff that happens down the stretch. And what a what a conference. What a what a year to be in the pack five. I mean, my God. It's gonna be stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry well, to I know I've been excited for so long and now anxiety is creeping It's just gonna be battling week in, week out, and then all of a sudden you have these random match matchups with Tim. And it's like, oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean God, I needed a break. <laughs> can you guys believe can you guys even believe that we just ran through all 12 teams of web the first year that there have been 12 teams and the first season of the expansion era of web begins in two days, two days. By the time you're hearing this, it will be tomorrow. The season will begin tomorrow the 2020 web.com dynasty league season begins tomorrow and points are going to hit the board and a whole <laughs> new crop of challengers is going to emerge. And these conferences are going to be just wild. Let's seeing, do it. Seeing those points on the board that Thursday 
for the opener is one of my favorite times of the year. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, and like Dan said, it, it's going to be crazy. We're going to see two hundred and fifty point games, three hundred <laughs> point games are in in the realm of possibility now. I mean, this is a this is a whole new situation. We, I mean, we just did our predictions, but I think in the back of our minds, we're still looking at this like it's you know, 2019 again, but this is not like that. We are, we are entering a very weird time for web and that could create some of the most unpredictable, uh, the most unpredictable season that we've ever seen. So I am so excited guys, my God, please. Can we just hold each other right now? Because (laughs) I can't even, I can't even express it. The belt is right up here, man. Months left with this Enjoy thing. Enjoy it. I can't do this again. <laughs> it's like I can't believe we got to this point. Like you know, with COVID and everything, where it was like, God, there might not be a season. Yep. Like the Big Ten shutting down, and now like yeah. nothing's really happened in the NFL. And it's like football starts in two days. Both yep. of games on Sunday. Like kind of blessed to even have the opportunity to <laughs> to watch it. Blessed. <laughs> blessed. Don't throw it out there loud. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Yeah, with with how crazy this year has been, Web is back. There we we are back. It's happening. So, guys, thank you for for running it down with me. And by God, the next time we are in these <laughs> seats, we're gonna be talking about the results of Week One. Ooh. The emotions could be quite different oh my god i might be screaming at that time <laughs> dave's dave's and one we're telling him to trade for a receiver i'm and one i already threw the belt out the window <laughs> my team but oh it's all right guys well good luck to everybody good luck in in your openers and uh let's make it a great week